Hello and welcome to the Cash vs. Trash Christmas Spectacular, Season 2, Episode 3, the final movie review episode of the Christmas Spectacular for 2023, and the uh, only episode that I'm actually kind of excited for, as as far as the movie reviews go, because next week is the final episode for the year, which will be a chatty chat chat, uh, which... Uh, I'm actually very excited for because we've got some big updates coming. Um, probably some stuff that a lot of people, a lot of people, some people are like, Hey, what's up with that? Or what happened with this? Or anyway, you'll find out next week. But today I am here all on my onesome to talk about the proposition. You might be like, huh, I looked it up and this is an Australian uh, Western film. And you'd be right, um, but it is also a Christmas film. Now, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I won't spoil the plot, but you can pretty much pick it. It's it's not that the plot's bare bones, but it's, it's a very simple plot, but it's more about like the vibe and the acting and the environment and, you know, like the the larger story at play, the backdrop. And then this is just a story that's happening in that. Um, it's, I don't know if you call it like a slice of life, but it's just like a thing that's happening, happening, happened, whatever. And, uh, but basically, uh, a character played by Ray Winston, um, he is a captain and he, of the... I guess, police force in, I can't remember where it is. I don't know if this is in Queensland or if that would have even existed back then. I think it's like Northern Territory, maybe. Um, But anyway, I don't know where it's filmed. I can't remember where it was filmed, but I think it's roughly that kind of place. It's out in the proper outback. And the Bushrangers there, uh, get cornered, or a group of bushrangers, that's like our gunslingers for you Americans, um, we had bushrangers, and, like, Ned Kelly, and, uh, one of them is given a a proposition, it's more like an ultimatum, he has to kill his older brother to save his younger brother, because younger brother, uh, isn't really a killer, he seems like he's a bit dumb, like they say he's got the mind of a child, and um, he's going to be hanged on Christmas Day. If the middle brother, played by Guy Pierce, uh, Charlie doesn't kill the eldest brother, who's a fucking monster, um, not a real one, like a metaphorical one, I guess, I don't know, like he's a, he does monstrous things, uh, played by Danny Houston? Fuck. Probably just said some random name there. Let me find it. Yeah, Danny Houston. Um, and he has to do that by Christmas Day. So, that happens like in the, the first, I want to say, five minutes of the movie. Uh, uh, like, 
there's an opening credits and then once you get past that, it happens very early on. So that's not really a spoiler because that's the thing that happens that kicks off the plot. But anyway, so basically a character has to do a thing by Christmas Day and then, not going to spoil it, but there is a race to get to a location where a Christmas lunch dinner thing is happening and that's where the finale of the movie takes place is this Christmas dinner lunch thing. And I mean, that's about as Christmas as it gets. And the word Christmas is said in the first five minutes and then several times throughout the movie. So I'd say it counts. It's like, uh, you know, I'll be home for Christmas kind of thing with murder and racism and death. Just, and... Of course, rape. Like, yeah. Anyway, you don't see it on screen. One almost happens and the other one's uh, spoken about. But anyway, um, I fucking love this movie. This is like the third or fourth time I've watched it. I was, uh, our internet's down at the moment. That's why I had to like struggle to find one. And I'm looking at big, big heap of DVDs on our shelf here. And I'm like... Fuck, the proposition, I'm pretty sure, from memory, that's a that's technically a Christmas movie. And sure enough, so I get to talk about a movie that I actually really want to talk about for a change, which is really nice. And it's like American uh, Christmas movie, Elf. Australian Christmas movie, <laughs> The Proposition. It's just so sad. I think that um i'd have to look into it but uh i'm I'm a really big fan of and this is definitely like something that pegs me down in um in like my era is those three movie dvds where it would be three unrelated movies usually that are kind of similar and then they would get put onto into like a a bundle in the one case and I, I reckon that if you put this and the Nightingale, and then that'd have to be another one, because like this is like your your full-on desert, um, just horribly tragic uh, Australian movie, you know, set around that time of like the full-on colonial time. Uh, I think that this is a fair few, fair bit after when the Nightingale is set. I think that this is set a fair bit after, because in this, it's like, you know, Australia, whereas in The Nightingale, it's still very much like the British and the Irish and that kind of thing. Whereas I think that this is like, just by the way they dress, like these are Australians sort of thing, whereas those are people living in Tasmania. But I could be wrong. Um, But yeah, just real grim. If you've seen The Nightingale, this isn't as grim as that, sort of. Um, but it, it is, but it isn't, I would say. This has certainly got a lot more of, like, dark humor in it, whereas The Nightingale, from memory, is just misery. But I feel like they, they uh, are very similar films. So if there's a third very grim Australian bushranger colonial, you know, the, with, it's either the backdrop or at the forefront or both with Aboriginal issues and stuff like that, which this movie does a, uh, has a big part in. That is a big part of this movie, I would say. Um, it's like the the 
the stuff that's kind of at the wayside, but it's way more important than what's happening in the plot. But because this is the plot, that's just like the world that they live in. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense, but it's hot as balls in here. But watching this movie made me realize like just how much better we have it now with fucking fly screens. Cause my God flies just everywhere in this movie. There was even a point where there was a bug on the TV screen and I thought it was in the movie on somebody's face. And I, I didn't even realize until after I was like, Oh, that bug was kind of weird. And then I was like, Oh, it's on the TV screen. Didn't even, I was like, wouldn't have even mattered. Um, very gory film, uh, more like, uh, I was going to say implied, but no, you see a fair bit of it. You see somebody's head literally explode. Um, and you see another person's head get like, well, you don't see it happen. You see like the aftermath, their head gets stomped in and like pops like a pimple. Um, and like people get beheaded and their hands chopped off. Uh, a character is, I'm gonna, cause I don't want to spoil it. I'm going to say a character is tortured to death. That's probably the best way to put it. So I don't spoil it. They are tortured until they are pretty much dead and then they die at, <clears throat> at a later point because there's just no coming back from what happened to them. Um, the acting in this from everyone, I'm not going to go through the whole cast list, but it is top notch. There's not a single performance in this that takes you out of the movie. It is all 100% committed actors and actresses just going ham. And I love it. It's yeah, it's just fucking fantastic. This movie, um, definitely, I guess like a slow burn, but in the best kind of way, it, you know, it, it just takes a lot of time to, for you to chew up, you know, this just expansive scenery where you will just see nothing, nothing at all for, for kilometers. I'm not going to say miles because this is an Australian movie. Um, and it's just so gorgeous, like just such a beautifully shot film, uh, a beautiful place where all these people live and the, the events take place, but also very desolate and dangerous. And the movie's just so sad. And then you start to feel like everyone here must be so miserable. And it explains why Australia's got such a strong fucking drinking culture. Because this is just so grim. Like, even people on their best day are just fucking going through it. It's insane. Which, yeah, fucking hell. They should make a, it makes me think, they should make a Red Dead Redemption game set in Australia. I've said it before. They really should make a red, like a true blue something. I think it would be so perfect. All right, on to some quick spoilers. I've been talking fanboying all over this movie. Um, spoiler time, time for spoilers. Uh, the person who is tortured to death is the younger brother. So there's a character played by David Wenham. His name isn't important. He's like the mayor or some shit or some legal representative. Uh, and he's like, Mm, your deal that you made is fucking stupid, Ray Winston. So I'm going to say we should flog him 100 times. Now, if you don't know what a flogging is, uh, that means to be whipped. Now, sometimes they would use like the stock whip or uh, something similar to that. 
like a stock whip is like, you know, your, your traditional like, like that kind of whip. But this is like a, it's like a horse tail whip, like a, like a cat nine tails or whatever they're called. And it is just insane. Like they, and I think they get to like 39 and then the last one, the guy who's doing it, he's like got blood all over him. He's clearly traumatized. He doesn't live for very much longer, so it doesn't really matter. But I suppose for the rest of his life, he's like, oh, fuck, no, that was a bit, that was a rough day. And like, I think it's the 40th one. He goes to do it and his arm has gone like so weak that when he does it, it just sort of like jiggles the meat, which it just looks like a hunk of meat that's this boy's back. And everyone's like, holy fuck, and just starts throwing up. And then, yeah, so he he gets flogged to death. He dies from his injuries a few days later. But just like, just fucked, you know? And uh, all of just like the really depressing scenes of all these Aboriginal people chained up, you know, being abused, being beaten down, you know, even the ones who are working with the the English folk are just not treated as people. And then, you know, there's, there's uh, Jelon Lamb, played by John Hurt, amazingly. Uh, you know, he even talks about how they're, it's disgusting to him that people could suggest, that Charles Darwin could suggest that they're the same species. It's very real and open about how people viewed... Uh, Aboriginal folk back then, even like, uh, um, even the Irish in this, uh, there's a line that I'm not going to (laughs) repeat. That's, um, that's, uh, very intense that John Hurt says about Irish people. And I didn't even pick up on it when I was younger watching this, because this movie came out in 2005, but like the Irish weren't even seen as people, which is a lot of that in, um, the Nightingale as well. It goes into great detail about that. But, like, that's how racist the English were, that they didn't even see the Irish, who were just a hop, skip, and a... Not even a hop, skip, and a jump. There's fucking stones throw across a river, basically. Across from them, they're like, no, nah, they're not even people. It's just insane. Uh, so, yeah. And, obviously... Uh, Charlie, played by Guy Pierce, takes too long to make up his mind, and the younger brother's flogged to death, which he didn't know about, but still. And, um, like, they get there on Christmas Day. Like, I know that he got speared and everything. I, I'm all over the place here, but he gets speared. One of the most beautiful spearing scenes I've ever seen. I don't know if there's too many of them, but it just glides through the air and just goes straight through him. And he falls back onto it and it hits the ground. Then he's like sliding down on it. And that's where you see one of the Aboriginal uh, tribesmen. His head just fucking explodes. And then he wakes up and he's being healed. And I don't know. It's just a gorgeous movie. Go out and watch it. Oh, yeah. So he ends up killing his older brother because he's like, fuck, this guy's just an animal. Um, Like he's just so keen to kill people at every opportunity it's insane and so is the little the little like ultra irish guy that he's got with him who is just like a wild animal 
uh, just absolutely fucked in the head. I mean, they all are, but he's like, you know, the type. <laughs> Little Irishman. Um, yeah. I can't remember his name, but phenomenal acting from everyone. Like, just at no point does anybody act in a way that makes you feel like... like and there's nobody in this movie that you see that you're like, what's that expression? Like, Jessica Biel could never be in a movie set, like, in this kind of time period because she just has that face of somebody who knows what an iPod is. Nobody in this movie gives off that vibe. Everyone looks exactly like they are supposed to be there and everyone's filthy and angry looking and sad and miserable and just like, this just fucking sucks. But I love it. I love it. So yeah, those are my thoughts on the proposition. And I will not hear anything against it because this movie is like a... 9.5 out of 10. Uh, Like, you know, there are a few weird choices, but nothing that really takes you out of it. Um, I guess just a few, like, maybe it's like a budget thing. I don't know. There's just some bits where I was like, ah, that was a weird choice. I can't even remember what they are now. But because they're so minute, it doesn't really matter. But just so good. Um, I've got to give credit to Nick Cave who not only did the music, he don't, not only scored um, the film, he also wrote the film. Uh, and it was directed by John Hillcoat. And they be, both did an amazing job. So kudos to them. Anyway, uh, that pretty much sums it up. If you want to get in contact with us, the best place to do that is ca- to... to, 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 to uh, before I get to that, actually, out of the three of these movies that I've covered, uh, Four Christmases, also known as Four Holidays, Elf, and The Proposition, which one do I think is the most cash? Obviously, The Fucking Proposition. Um, then Elf, then Four Christmases. And yeah, stay tuned till next week uh, when uh, I will be um, talking about um, doing a chatty chat chat, talking about what's going to be happening in 2024. Holy fuck. And yeah, so look forward to that. But yeah, if you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us at cashversustrashpod at gmail.com. Uh, check out our Patreon, check out our Instagram uh, and X, and we're barely on doing any of that stuff at the moment. Nobody's paying attention to social media. More important things are happening in the world, but um, yeah, oh, no, you know what I mean. Like nobody's like, oh check out the new podcast episode um which is fine that's why we do a pretty easy chilled out christmas season um yeah so let me know what you thought of the proposition if you've seen it and if you haven't get good Alrighty, thank you very much for listening this has been the cash versus trash christmas spectacular season two episode three i'll see you next week for a chatty chat chat Bye.